We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, your host, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce. Juan Daniels could not make it, but we obviously know he is in spirit. As he will say, the Rams are trash, but only because Stetson Bennett is there, which I still don't understand that. I still don't understand that. And trust us, we will not forget to have him wear a Stetson jersey. I was about to say, I feel like he's been avoiding us. You know what? I don't know if he's – I don't think he's came on the show. Or he did, didn't he? He did. So, I, I take – I was about to say something. I, I retract that in my head. But, yeah, no, you know, it, it's going to come a time whenever, you know, we can get him a a nice Rams Stetson jersey to, to wear proudly uh, on the show, for, on the live show for y'all. So, it'll be something if you're listening on podcasts, listen, you might want to tune into that. We might clip it or take a picture of it for you uh, if you follow us on social medias. But today's topic, Kobe, we're going to be bringing up some some hot takes, some bold predictions ahead of the 23 football season. So I, po- I posted a poll this morning uh, and actually got some decent feedback. And there's some good questions uh, or some takes, excuse me, that I think is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, then we're going to rate uh, Roots. I did not get a fresh haircut. This is the same one. Um, yeah. But I think other than that, though, getting back to the topic here, we have, you know, take these and we're going to rate them from one to 10, right? One being a, a not hot take is going to be a freezing take. And it's not hot, not bold. 10 being the boldest of bold, the hottest of hot takes. So we're going to rate them. And then we're going to throw out some ourselves, I think, will be pretty interesting to hear. Uh, but before we get started, let's make sure we shout out uh, our sponsor. Listen, I started my morning with Apotheos Coffee. I don't know about you, Kobe, but I sure as hell did. Uh, and it starts my morning off right every morning, by the way. Um, check them out. Uh, they're in Kennesaw, Georgia. 30 years of uh, roasting experience. Listen, the Dark Roast, Classic City Collective Dark Roast, is my favorite. And it's not bitter if you're one worrying about Dark Roast. Their technology basically allows it not to be bitter, um, the, the way they make the uh, bean itself. Uh, getting a little scientific there. But if you're a coffee drinker, they also have K-Cups now, too. Uh, so you have K-Cups. You've got whole bean coffee. Excellent coffee, by the way. Excellent. Uh, DGDpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Go check out their selection. Let them know DG, uh, DGD sent you. Uh, and start drinking on some good coffee today. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, thank you, Apotheos. Kobe, you ready to start these bold uh, predictions, sir? Oh, yeah, and I just want to say the Halo blend is where it's at, just by the way. Ah, see, Kobe, did you you get uh, – you got K-Cups or uh, whole bean or what? No. K-Cups? See, I was curious about it. I'm more of a whole bean, like, regular coffee type guy, so I wasn't sure about those. I mean, I'm glad to hear that uh, the K-Cups are legit too. Yeah. So, Jason over there, shout out, man. Uh, Make some damn good coffee. I'll just leave it at that. 
uh, as we start to see some bold. Oh, speaking of, if you're in the live chat, right, drop a hot take and we'll bring it up on the show. We'll rate, uh, we'll rate it live. Uh, keep that in mind. I think that'll be fun to see people bring in. Uh, but we're going to get to the first one here. And actually, uh, DSGB Sauce on Twitter, uh, his take is, Dejon Edwards is your best running back and will lead the team in rushing average and touchdown runs. Um, Kobe, do you want to start or do you want me to start with this on your rating for that? Uh, I can start. I think okay. I'm, I'm going to be lame as always and kind of take it in two parts. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really debate on who's the best running back we have. I think that, that, that kind of may take away from one thing or another. I will tell you, however, the um, rushing average and rushing touchdown, I don't think that is overly bold. I, I think that it would be like a, a three or four on the bold scale. I think that if Dejon is healthy this year, he easily could lead the team in rushing touchdowns. I think he's very elusive, especially in the red zone. You know, he can make that first man miss to get into the end zone. And then as far as um, – you know, rushing average rushing yards per attempt, I could see him having a lot of success because he does make those one cut misses and get up field. So, um, you know, where Kendall is much more that downhill runner, but Kendall also is, you know, very famous for breaking off very long, you know, explosive runs from time to time. So I think that could be a big, a big difference in the averages. But as far as touchdowns, I think that that's pretty, pretty on point. So you, so you, what was your, what was your prediction for it again on the bonus scale? Three or four. I, I think it's, I think it's a good take. I don't think it's necessarily a hot take. Well, see, my or thing is this. Prediction. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to rate that boldness a little bit higher, and the reason being is because he threw the word "and" in there. So I'm gonna give it a seven. The reason I say that is because, after, you know, typically they are somewhat correlated there, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the seven. When you when you look at what you've got, you've got Branson Robinson that's been capable of running off some some nice long runs, if you will, too. Right? Kendall's done the same thing. Um, if this was a question or a take regarding receiving, I don't think it's bold at all. But at the same time, when you take a look at, we have to be careful as well on the 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 law of averages, right? Uh, volume dictates your average, you know what I mean? So if you have a higher average, we have to account for, you know, the, the volume of, you know, touches basically. So for it to be the leading rusher in both, and I, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not going to say best in regards to preference. I'm going to look at best statistically maybe in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I ultimately think that, I think that's a seven. I think that's a Fair to say, because you got to do. I mean, this take involves doing both. Uh, so you could have a huge average, but then somebody else run. Like, say if you break a long run and you get tackled, and then you know you don't get the touchdown because well, Kendall runs it in or Branson runs it in, right? So you got to be careful with the with those. They they correlate a little bit, but not always. Um, great questions or great takes, Sauce. I thought that was good. Uh, well, which leads us to our next one. I think this was another one as well. The dogs get two, two, not one, but two, 1,000 yard receivers this season. I feel like that's a bold take. It's, um, it's an 11. On a scale of one to 10, that is an 11. You haven't had a thousand yard, you haven't had a single thousand yard receiver in years, like since that. What is it since the Terrence Edwards is the, if I'm not mistaken, Terrence Edwards was the last and maybe the only 1,000 yard receiver. Bryce Hunter, I think, had a thousand yard season as well. I thought he was really? the last, maybe. I, I don't remember. I thought it was Terrence Edwards. It might be at the wrong. But Pat, I fact, agree with Pat you. check, there, check. There, there aren't a lot check. of, um, there aren't a lot of guys that, that, I mean, we just don't have probably 10 guys that have had thousand yard seasons so to have two in one year um we'd be throwing the ball a lot i i think that mike michael puts i'm curious to know who he thinks the two would be i would be curious because he put 
put 2,000-yard receivers, I'd assume he means one of them being Brock Bowers at tight end. Because maybe, there's no maybe. way. There's no, well, there's just no way you can think you're going to have 2,000-yard wide receivers on top of Brock Bowers having, you know, 750, 850 yards. Yeah. Uh, let me see. So, yeah. I, okay. So, apparently, apparently, I think what it sounds like Brock was not one of them. I'm trying to go back through the chat comments on in real time. Um, listen, that's a nine and a half to me. Um, I think there is a possibility. The issue there is the amount of rotation that we're expecting on this receiving core. It is going to hinder that. Um, you would have to throw the ball a absolute fuck ton to get to one thousand yard receivers. Um, I mean, you take a, you take. I mean, if I had to choose and make a prediction off of this, just for the sake of this, if Georgia hits two one uh, thousand yard receivers, I think you look by way of Arian Smith and. I mean, you maybe, yeah. I think love it would be a good shot. People are gonna people are gonna emphasize so much on blocking or maybe even double teaming Brock Bowers that I think you open that up. Arian Smith, I mean, listen, I think Arian Smith, you're gonna see him be more of a route runner rather than um, you know, rather than uh, just a straight deep go this year, or and, and you know, since he's been there. But that, that is just an extremely hot take uh, or bold prediction there. Uh, as, as DG Pat says, Terrence Edwards, 2002 is the last. Uh, Adonis, welcome in. Uh, Star Wars Dog says we need to uh, spice up the background. Uh, listen, I kind of like it, but you know, I, 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 I can't he, put some. I think he means like the actual, like what's behind both of us. Oh, from him saying some national championship gear or memorabilia. Oh, so Star Wars. Man. If you're still watching, we both do this from like our work office. So, um, you know, that's that's what the back of my work to a certain to like. a certain degree. We have to be yeah. careful with that. Yeah. Um, DGD Pat uh, is also saying that he is the only one in Georgia history. Uh, the closest was Bryce Hunter. By 30 yards, he had 970 yards. So you were right close I knew, on it. I knew Bryce was on up there. I'm surprised Juan Daniels didn't get get a thousand. It's ridiculous to hear that. Scandal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he listen, I thought I thought you moved out of Alcatraz, man. I thought you moved out of D block. So here's the thing. J O double G got confused, I think, that this isn't like the cell block that I did the one show in with the like cinder block walls and everything. It's just what my office looks like. So this, this you got for another month. Look at you. Look at you. Um, but no, other than that, though, listen, that's probably one of the hotter takes or the bold predictions I'm going to hear. Um, uh, listen, I, it's, it's anything's possible, but you got to be careful with that. Um, I'm going to open up a little bit here. Um, TriStar TN Florida. So we're opening up out of Georgia, going TC, uh, going to the SEC. Excuse me. Florida goes four and eight. Do you think that's doable? I mean, do you, what? How bold do you think that is? I don't. I mean, you start. I'm gonna look up their. I'm looking up their schedule real quick. All right. So the fact that he's being spe- the fact that he's being specific on that, right? It's not okay. You ready? Go for it. You can play along, chat. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and I'm I'm gonna give you my bold scale on this. At Utah, loss. Home versus McNeese State, win. Home versus Tennessee, loss. Home versus UNC Charlotte. Watch out for a sneaky dub, uh, sneaky loss there. Charlotte, Charlotte is getting better, dude. I'm. I agree. I agree, but it's in the swamp. Okay, yeah. we'll get we'll give him the dub for the second two, two and two through four at okay. Kentucky. Loss. Okay. Home versus Vanderbilt. Uh dude, AJ Swan's gonna I think AJ Swan will hit that defense. So I think I think Vanderbilt can win. Okay. But they're you said they're at Vanderbilt? No, they're at Florida. 
Mm, I'll give them a double on that one. I, yeah. I think AJ Swan's good, but I don't know if they can handle the swamp environment. Yeah, three and three through six. <clears throat> At okay. South Carolina. Loss. Georgia. Loss. Home versus Arkansas. Loss. I think KJ Jefferson is going to be a we'll, – we'll talk more about that. At LSU. Loss. Against Missouri. At Missouri. At Missouri, loss. Because they'll probably put it in a nighttime game. It'll play in the dark. Florida State. A loss. I got three. I got three. So, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't see that be. I don't see that being that bold, uh, dude. I mean, listen. I don't think Graham Mertz is going to be their savior. Their their quarterback room is, is atrocious, and they're losing talent. And they're not like I just don't feel comfortable watching them and, and saying that they're going to win even four games. I mean. When you take a look at, I mean, obviously, listen, I understand it's a spring game, but what I saw at their spring game was almost the same as what I saw in their in their bowl game. It was it was just trash. It was bad. So I'm going to give it a five on that boldness scale because I don't see them getting four potentially. Like Florida is going to be bad. Like their defense isn't as dominant as I think people are thinking it's going to be either. I mean, listen, and you can clip this if you want, but if you if they surprise me and go five wins, six wins, I'll eat the crow. I, I, at this point, though, I don't see it. I just, I just don't. At some point, like, can, congratulations. You know, you really showed us you won five or six games this year. You know, I, at, at some point, like you're saying, at Utah, you're going to struggle. At Utah, because yeah, I mean, like, the, the, just the, the air quality, just the air night game. So you're gonna struggle there. You'll beat the crap out of McNeese. You have Tennessee at home. The big thing will be what Tennessee team do you get this year it, compared to years past? Yeah. I still think Tennessee wins. UNC Charlotte, I think, just isn't at that level yet. Kentucky at Kentucky. I don't know who's taking over for Will Lewis. Uh, you got Devin Leary coming in from uh, NC That's State, right. but you You're also, right. but you've also, Kentucky. the thing about it is, you've also got a Liam Cohen offense coming back as well. Yeah, I, so I that'll think, be interesting. I think they just have an unlucky thing of like you're playing Kentucky at Lexington, you're playing South Carolina, who's been kind of hot at South Carolina, mm-hmm. you're playing LSU at Baton Rouge, you're playing Missouri, who. I could see them beating Missouri. They're playing them in Columbia. Honestly, it's the next to last week of the season. Missouri may not have Eli Drinkowitz at head coach at that point. It depending on how the season goes, you might. That could be very right. much be a, a Missouri team without a head coach. So. Well, I think the reason why I said I, the reason why I put them as as a uh, as a losing there is because Columbia is just a weird place to play. Like I, I agree, it's just but weird. I would say man. four and eight with TriStar, four and eight could be like nail on the head yeah so i, I do want to bring this up um dg pat says florida is garbage uh and that is as far from a bold statement as it can be the only reason why it's bold is because i would put it in bold font just to prove the point um that that's simple um let's see well, well i see star wars with a question i want to talk about that a little bit later uh black adonis brings a take in uh bringing in live uh, Georgia plays USC in the championship and wins in overtime. I'm going to say a nine on the scale for me. Um, USC, until proven otherwise, is not is not going to make the playoffs. And the reason why I say that is because their defense has got to – their defense has to get better to a point where they don't face the cannibalization in the Pac-12 that they did this past season because – we thought after the <clears throat> excuse me, they were a lock pretty much for the most part after the Notre Dame win, and then in the Pac-12 championship, their defense just couldn't stop anything. Utah wins the Pac-12, that knocks them out, right? The Pac-12 can cannibalize itself, and we saw that last year. So for this take to be, you know, hit, they have to get a defense, and also when you make the playoffs. Like your offense is one thing, but if you like, we've seen defenses, right? Defense, if you have a solid defense, it will propel you in games in these type of games. Think about Oklahoma, right? In the Rose Bowl, Kobe, you were, you know, you know what I'm talking about. 
Oklahoma gets ahead up uh, ahead of us, and then defense kind of just goes away, and and we make a comeback and win in overtime, right? Like, you you see what I mean? When it comes to these types of games, you've got to be playing a good level defense. They're, and I'm not saying they can't. They pick up Bear Alexander. They got Traquan Figgins from Alabama, but. Alex Grinch doesn't sell me on defense. That name just doesn't hit right. So until they prove that, I can't say that they're going to make it there to the championship. So I've got it as a nine. Toby, what do you got? I think the the part of it going to overtime would have it for a nine to me. I mean, I think USC is the kind of team that if, if we're talking playoffs, you're going to have an SEC team this year. You're going to have a Big 12 or a Big 10 team. Probably going to skip the Big 12 this year again. Um, you know, I think you're going to see an ACC team, scoot, you know, slide in again. And then I think a Big 12 or a Pac-12 team. So, you know, right now, if, if I was predicting playoffs, one out of the SEC, one out of the ACC, one out of the Big 10, and one out of the Pac-12 would be kind of what I'd be looking at. So I, I could very much see USC being the team out of um, the Pac. The problem is in the – in the um, semifinal game, they're either going to have to play probably Michigan or Georgia at that point. Um, yeah. Odds are just with the way scheduling is going to go. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting. I, I see we just got a Twitter, another one on Twitter. Then I think this will be interesting to bring up as well. Uh, I do want to answer a couple of questions. So uh, shout out, uh, welcome Randy Payne, uh, Go Dogs from Tifton, Georgia. Go for three and twenty three. I love the sound of that. Uh, and he also says go Philly Dogs. Uh, he asked, how many silent commitments do the dogs have? I would probably say a couple. I'm not sure. Not sure. I'm not going to be 100% confident there. I would say at least a couple. This ain't that This ain't that kind of podcast? Not to – I mean, to some degree, we kind of we, – we talk recruiting, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm not going to go out and say we have this and be 100% confident. Uh, you know, Rusty Manziel might be able to know that, but I don't. Uh, and I'm not going to act like I do. I'll make predictions on a couple, maybe. Uh, Tristar says Tennessee is going to boat race Florida. Got them winning 56 to 10. Book it. And the thing about it is, you, that score banks on Joe Milton being a Heisman type guy, kind of similar to what Hendon Hooker did in regards to production, replicating it, which leads to uh, which leads me to a next take. Don't have a graphic for this because we're literally doing this real time through uh, social media. Tennessee versus Georgia decides the Heisman race between Joe Milton and Carson Beck. That's a 10 to me. I Listen, and the reason why I say 10 on there is because Caleb Williams will be the favorite unless he gets hurt. He will win it again. That's a it's a hot one. That's a hot one. That's scalding hot. Joe Milton. CT 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 Vol drops that take. By the way, Vol second CT. That's a hot one. That's a hot one. I think I think one that I would I would think if I was giving bold takes is Brock Bowers finishes in you know goes in the Heisman finals. Yeah, as a final. Yeah, Uh, Black Adonis is laughing, uh, which leads me to my next take. Black Adonis is caught rocking a Georgia jersey this year. Um, That's a boldness of nine and a half. I don't know. Just I feel like we beat him. I feel like we beat him bad enough in Jacksonville. He may. So it's him. not as. So it's not as bold. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, at least the Florida team might make it to the, uh, to the playoffs, if you know what I mean. Tristar. Tennessee goes. Oh, he. So Tristar. Tri, tri, uh, Tristar drops this, but we also have the graphic because he posted it earlier, which we'll go ahead and start back on these graphics as well. Um, Tristar says Tennessee goes eleven and one. Uh, I got an eight, um, and the reason why I said it's eight, I, I think it's all dependent upon. I, I just feel like I feel like the Alabama game. I feel like if they win that, there's definitely if they win the Alabama game, they will go eleven and one. I think the lone loss being Georgia again, but being in Tuscaloosa, the Alabama Tennessee game. That is going to be the that's going to be the interesting one for me, and that's why I've got to add an eight because as as much as I want to crap on the Bama quarterback situation right now, it's so hard to win in Tuscaloosa. 
So until that point, I just need to say that it's an eight. But it's doable. It's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. If you handle if you handle business in Tuscaloosa and pull out a win there, you're going to go 10, uh, 11 and one, in my opinion. Uh, but obviously, I think I think you look at it as potentially going in ten and two. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, DGD Pat says Brock Bauer. Ooh, hold on one second. Uh, DG, DGD Pat says Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey will both pass Juan Daniels on the all-time yards list this season and knock him out of the top 10 list. I, listen, Brock Bowers is going to do it. That's a three on the boldness scale. I'm sorry. Maybe sorry, Juan. Maybe, sorry, maybe Juan. One Dude, pass. Brock Bowers is too good to stop that way. Well, and I don't both, even think – I think he's both close. need like less than 500 yards or something like that. So, I, I feel like Brock Bowers does it before before the three-quarters portion of the season, regular season. Um, Adonis says he was trying to be kind in here. Absolutely, bro. We take it straight sometimes, so you got to be careful. That was my fault. I apologize. So, so here's Excuse here's me. my quick thing for TriStar. I'm with you. At Alabama's tough. Then then I always worry. It's always a, a you know it's a Nick Saban, Kirby Smart kind of thing. Is that post that post game just beat down when you play? You know all that emotion, all that hype. You play Alabama at Alabama. Very next week you go to Kentucky. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm just saying when you ride the high highs, sometimes they get followed by low lows. So I would say Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia are Tennessee's three hardest games. Well, keep, keep in mind, though, I mean, we, we, we look at Kentucky, and, and, like, for instance, the scoreboard will say one thing, right? From a Georgia perspective, keep this in mind. From a pers- from a scoreboard perspective, Georgia handles tennis, uh, Kentucky a lot, right? Fairly easy, but we know that the games are not played on paper; they're played on the field, and those games take tolls on you. They're a very very physical team, so the fact that you go to Bama and then I think you said you go to Kentucky as well, that's going to be extremely tough, uh, just physical, just from a physicality standpoint. Um, so TriStar says defending himself here. Alabama doesn't have the offense to keep up. Two years ago, Tennessee was in a tight game in Tuscaloosa. We just ran out of gas. I'm more scared of Kentucky and Missouri because they're trap games. I think he's kind of going what you're saying there, um, Kobe. Listen, I, I still got it as an eight. Right? I, I think – I mean, we're accounting for only one loss being Georgia, I would assume. So that doesn't include anything else. Like if you slip up one game, that can happen. Then, then all bets are off in a sense of if you lose to Georgia, then it's over. So I've got it as an eight. Uh, listen, I, I mean, we'll talk more about this as the season comes closer. Uh, Bama's got Bama's got some shit to figure out for themselves first. Uh, so the the verdict's still out on them, but all signs are pointing to to not as not as good as what we're thinking. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah. So he's saying the losses to Georgia, which is fair. Um, also says Auburn wins nine games. I've got this a 10. I've got a, I, I, I no, I'm going to take that back. 9.75, 9.75. Yeah. I, I looked at, I looked at Auburn's schedule. I'm with you. It's a, it's a high. I mean, it's a bold take. It's a, it's an eight and a half, a nine. I look at Auburn's schedule. I think legitimately if they're kind of rolling on all cylinders this year, they're a seven win team. I would say seven seven wins is going to be close to their ceiling. They they have some favorable games. They play UMass to start, Cal and Samford, kind of start out hot three three and zero. Oh. Then they go to Texas A and M. This could be the Jimbo the Jimbo firing game. Um, you know, if they beat Texas A and M in Aggieland, start four and zero. Oh, you're you're rolling pretty hot. Then you just kind of roll into a gauntlet though after that. You play Georgia, loss. At LSU, loss. You, then you play Ole Miss. That's that's kind of a tricky one. I think you lose that game. Then you play Mississippi State, so that's a win. That gets you to, I think, five at that point. Then you play at Vandy, that's a win. I think that gets you to six. Then you lose at Arkansas, beat New Mexico State, that's seven, and then lose to Alabama, so that's seven and five. I think that's a really good season for them looking at the schedule, looking at where they're playing, looking at who they're playing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've got that take as 9.75 because I automatically assume three losses. <clears throat> While they Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, the Bama game and the Georgia game are both in Auburn this year. We know how this goes in the in years past. You got to be careful with that. So I'm going to take that into context. I still think that the three losses will automatically be Georgia, Bama, and LSU. So that means absolutely no room for error. And I don't see that with year one uh, team. Just don't see it. That's all. I'm, that's I'm gonna leave it. That's why it's a nine point seven five to me. Um, I mean, listen, I think they make a bowl game. That's not bold to me. I, I think Hugh Freeze can get that team to get a bowl game. But I, I don't see nine wins. That's going to be extremely – if they hit nine wins, Auburn's going to be a problem if they hit nine wins. We'll see. I'm, I'm telling you, set, if you go seven and five, chalk it up, you had a good season, you're turning the ship around in the right direction. You play in a ball game, you win eight games in the ball game, and you're, you're, you're going the right way, I guess, as an Auburn team at that point. So, uh, DGD Pat says, by the way, Brock Bowers only needs 150 yards to jump one on the list. Uh, Lab McConkey needs 650. So, honestly, they both could do it. We'll see. I, I, you know what? I, I'll, I'll take Brock Bowers. That's He's going to do it. Um, McConkey, uh, maybe. I, I think you see him get like 675 or something just to barely scrape over. Um J-O-double-G says she'll get that Stetson jersey ordered for Juan from from our plethora of funds. Okay, cool. Um, Tristar, something tells me that they beat A&M. Y'all, or you know that, that weird things happen in Jordan-Hare? Absolutely. Don't see an Arkansas beating Auburn, though. I think K, K.J. Jefferson will get it done. K.J. Jefferson is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC this year, in my opinion. It's late in the year. It's at at Arkansas. I I, I think that I think Arkansas gets it done. A and M's at A and M. I think the big thing about that will just be what kind of year A and M's going to have. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If they beat Auburn, you know they may be on the road to keeping Jimbo, but it it could be a game that they could have a lot of implications for both on the season. So. Yeah. We'll see. All right, so next next one comes in from Wesley Hayes ninety nine on Twitter. Tennessee upsets Georgia in Neyland in twenty twenty three. I'll give it a seven. Um, the reason why I say that is when we play Tennessee, Carson Beck will only have had what maybe one true road game you know, hostile road game. I think you look at Auburn there as being that one. So there's always that hesitation for me with, with a first-year starting quarterback to have – right to get into those hostile environments. I, I think the defense does its thing and Georgia wins. But it'll be interesting to see how Carson Beck reacts. I, I, it's not as bold to me. It, it might be bolder for you, Right. But I'm I'm not torn that Carson Beck won't get it done. I'm just curious to see it. I feel like there could be a chance where the offense struggles a little bit because of the the crowd, the hostility getting to them. Uh, so I'm going to take that into account. Um, Kobe, do you want to elaborate on your boldness skill? Yeah, I think it it's probably like five and a half, six. I don't think it's. I mean, I think if you look at our schedule, it's our hardest game of the year to say that. It, it would be a, a game that you could possibly see us slipping up in. I mean, it, it's very much possible. It was the game we could have slipped up in last year. You know, I, looking all the way down the road, um, the big thing is is what I'll be interested in is the with the new rule changes and the clock not stopping on first down and stuff, this could be a game where you could see Georgia go, you know, almost Navy mode, and Tennessee's only going to get the ball two times, three times in the first half, two times, three times in the second half. And we'll you gotta be you gotta be careful with that though, because twenty twenty one, Kentucky had the ball for three quarters of the game and still lost. And still lost. Now that's and Kentucky. I, I, yeah. But crazy shit can happen. 
Yeah, no, I got you. I think that I I think that game, that rule change is going to decide some Georgia death marches. Watch, it's going to trigger them. It's going to. Well, all of a sudden, it's like play. It's like when you do play Navy. All of a sudden, you get the ball. You have an incompletion or a turnover, and all of a sudden, they take the ball for twelve minutes and go score a touchdown. And you're looking around, going, "Okay, what's going on?" You know, we're only going to get the ball one, maybe two more times at this rate. Um, You know, I don't think. I think. As far as bold goes, it's not that bold because I think it is our like most losable game of the season. So still about a five, five or six. So. I think this is going to get interesting here. Star Wars Dog says Bama loses four games. Four games. How bold of a take is that for you? Like a nine and a half or more. Why? Why is that? Just because at, at some point Nick Saban's still running that thing. Until uh, until he leaves, I'm never going to tell you that he's going to lose four games before the season happens. Now, he may lose them, fine. But I'm not going to sit here in, in May and tell you they're going to lose them. Oh, no. Um, so, Star Wars Talk says LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Auburn are the four. He didn't even have Texas beating them? No, no shot. That I will, like a ten. I will. I will. Say, I will say this. I'll say this. If we go back on to this, though, think about this. Bryce Young saved saved Bama from an Auburn loss. That ninety-six yard drive saved them, and they don't have Bryce Young now. But that list, to me, I just don't see that for, those four losses. I definitely think that Bama could lose four. So I'm going to say that. That take is an eight to me. LSU could beat them. Now, they're also in Tuscaloosa for LSU game, so we'll see. But they have the more experienced quarterback in Jaden Daniels, and I think they've got some really good talent there as well. Their defense is getting some players back that are going to make LSU something to watch. LSU game is going to be very interesting to see. And honestly, listen, four games might not be as, as crazy as it sounds, due to the fact that we don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like. The fact that they got a Notre Dame backup, I'm not saying that they can't make things work, but that's that concerns me a little bit. It's also May. They're going – even if they have to play Milrow against, against Auburn and Ole Miss, they're going to line up and they're going to run the ball to death. Against those guys again. Tristan said, "Don't forget the Florida game two years ago." As well. I agree. We're going. I'm going to use the same example like I just used for Georgia, Tennessee, with the new rule change. You're going to line up in heavy package with Milrow, and if in doubt, you're going to run the read option and play action pass a team like Auburn to death at the end of the year. Well, I, I mean, think about it. I, I genuinely think that Bama could win some games taking the ball out of the quarterback's hands because they still got Justice Haynes, Jace McClellan. I think even – listen, I know they got a stable of running backs, but just those two guys right there can can win eight games if you handed them the ball. I agree with Star Wars Dog. They could have easily lost four games last year. And then TriStar with Derrick Henry, they don't have a guy that – one guy to run for 2,000 yards. But – I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. The two I mean, losses they did have last year, I mean, one's in overtime and one's by – A two-point conversion. A two-point yeah. conversion. I mean, so so we'll we'll see. I mean, I mean listen, that, they're, I mean, while they were losses, it could have been it could have been perfect or it could have been four losses. I know what they're talking about. I'm not – I agree. I, I think you have to look. Bama's, Bama is I'm, – I'm curious about Bama because week two and te- uh, Texas comes in. And we, it's so early in the season, right? It's so early in the season. So you got that, – that game right there is going to be something to watch. Definitely going to be something to watch. Um, I think this leads us to our last uh, Twitter one. Uh, CSATL Dog says, Arian Smith leads the team in receiving yards and Roderick Robinson leads in rushing. I've got a nine and a half because I think the Roderick Robinson take – Got me. Yeah, I worry about our health at running back. If that's true, absolutely. Uh, that, absolutely. that would be my main concern. I would, I would worry how much Roderick Robinson is is getting RB one reps at that if point. If you, if listen, if you're doing this, hear me out. If Roderick Robinson leads the team in rushing, 
What that tells me is we passed it a ton, blew up the score, and then you just ran the fucking ball with Roderick for a quarter, quarter and a half, most games. That That's what that would tell me. So, I, again, I got it at nine and a half because, I, I, I listen, I think Kendall's. I think Kendall will do it this season. I do. Well, between Kendall, Dejon, Branson, Andrew Paul's going to be back. I mean, he was trending way up before tearing his ACL last year. I mean, he, there was talks about him ahead of Branson before he tore his ACL. Yeah. So, so I, I think I think we're I think Roger Robinson's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I just don't see him leading the team in rushing. He's, he's going to be a listen. He's going to be a problem in the fourth quarter um, of games. I promise you that. But at the same time, like Arian Smith, that's not as bold as people would believe. If he can, I, stay, I think, if he can stay healthy, that's the big thing about Arian still. Arian Smith, Arian still Smith staying healthy is going to be the key factor there. But at the same time. The rotation is going to make it harder for him. He, he I think he's carved out a niche. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's carved out a niche. But the thing to me what's going to make that interesting is you've got Dominic Lovett and you've got Ryrod Thomas and, and Marcus Scherzer and Jack Saint. You've got uh, – you, you got Brock Bowers. Like, there's so many – I mean, yeah, there's so many pieces that could contend for the leading receiver, right? Like, I know he hits deep bombs. But the volume that comes with it is going to be the hard determining factor there. If he gets a lot of volume, fair. All bets are on. But if 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 you utilize him as a, the go-route guy, right, I, I don't want to see him do that. But if it scores, it works. I want to see him get utilized more. I mean, listen, G-Day, we saw it. He didn't run a go-route. He, he hit a fucking slant and caught a nice touchdown pass. Like, that opens up a different aspect of his game it's going to make him more dangerous as a receiver. But you're still looking at all these other receivers and saying Arian Smith's going to be the leading guy. That sits as a – you know, that that on top of the Roderick Robinson thing kind of has me just like, eh, very hesitant at that point. I mean, I, I would you. have to – go I ahead. I got a few more bold takes for you. All right, so, so now, now, we get to, now we get to our takes. Okay, I want to hear this. Colorado doesn't win more than four games. That's not bold at all. Maybe not more than three games. When I put four in there, it would be nice because I looked and, and decided that I thought they probably could beat Arizona late in the year, but I'm not sure there either. I mean, didn't Arizona get like Jane DeLara? They've got – I mean, they're good. I, they've got I a just, decent team. I feel like they they picked up some decent names out of the border. They got Justin Flo. Yeah. So, I mean, like – and they Norton. also got Bill Norton, baby. Bill Norton. Bill beats Norton, you know? I I see they play. TCU lost. Nebraska, I, I think it'll be a loss. Colorado Nebraska, State, I think Nebraska's trended on the right track. Yeah. Nebraska Colorado on the fast track. To win. They play Oregon's a loss. USC's a loss. Arizona State, I think, with Dillingham, I think I had it as kind of like a 50-50 game. Mm-hmm. And then Stanford, sorry, won. I think they win that game. UCLA at UCLA, loss. Oregon State should be a loss. Arizona's the other 50-50 game I had them possibly winning. At Washington State's a loss, and at Utah's a loss. I think they're 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 in for a loss. You said you said no more than four. So, yeah, I, I'm listen. I think that's I think that's a six and a half. I, I'm not sold on I'm not sold on Colorado, especially year one. Listen, Travis Hunter is awesome, but when I saw him going up going up against JV defenders, tempered my expectations a little bit. Like, you're not going to see those type of guys in the Pac-12. And I know we don't really think the Pac-12 is that great. But but that also leads me to question this. Other receivers have to go up against that secondary. And do we really expect Travis Hunter to play both ways all season? In the, in the, in the, in the Power Five. Think about that. That's I've, the question. I've, I've thought about it. Okay. But even, even then, even then, everything else becomes a liability. Like, here's the I'm next just, for you. They still got to try to get their roster situated, man. I agree. Here's the next one for you. It's a good one. It's a little bit of homer, but okay. I enjoy it. Penn State and James Franklin get it all figured out, undefeated, and win the Big Ten and make the playoffs. 
Because one of the two big one of their two big matchups, they alternate. So it's one at home, one away. And I think this year they go to Ohio State. I think they go to Ohio State because Michigan should be their whiteout this year. I'm assuming that's going to be their whiteout. So 12 and 0 in the 12 and 0 regular season, I don't see that happening. They're at, at Ohio State. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't see it. I got a nine and seven five. I think Ohio State would <coughs> excuse me. I think like I, I think they're gonna be really good. I really do. But they're all in the same division, and that's the thing. Like I agree. But they were ten and they're ten and two last year with a, and their losses were to Michigan and Ohio Michigan State. Michigan and Ohio State. But and Ohio those State were game, fairly close. Well, I think the Ohio State game, they like Ohio really State close. got a Ohio State got a pick six to make it 13 points. Yes. At the end of the game, basically. Yes. I, I just I, don't I see. Their, I just I just I for sure got that they're undefeated coming into to Michigan. And they play Michigan. I think they handle yeah, I think they handle business. Um I, I just don't see I think they lose one game. But the problem is that one game could determine Michigan, Ohio State going it to the would. fucking playoff uh Big Ten championship. But I think eleven and one with a loss to to either Michigan or Ohio State, depending on which one's better, could I mean if still I think I mean, it's hot. Just, it's it's steamy. Oh, it's hot. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's smoky. It's smoky for sure. Um, yeah, I mean that's just my thought. So hear me out on this. Prepping, prepping for this. Georgia's defense. I'm going to be super specific, so this take will probably be scalding hot here. Georgia's defense will give up a, on average 12.1 points per game this year. Sorry, wait, hold on. Let me let me take that back. 11.1 points per game. Excuse me. 11.1 points per game will be our season season average at the end of the regular season. At the end of the regular season? Yeah. I don't I I would have to look back to know where that would rank all time. Um I don't think you play a lot of world beaters this year except Tennessee as far as points per game goes. But 11.1, I'll even put it in the chat um just for the heck of it. it uh 11.1 points per game. The reason I say that our schedule opens up the, the possibility to shut out more teams than we expect. But again, when you go to Tennessee, that the Tennessee game could be the swinging factor there, right? But at the same time, I'm curious to see what Ole Miss does. Now they've got good running backs, but I'm curious to see how they handle playing there. Do does do they score how many points do they score? <clears throat> do we give up garbage touchdowns? So this is why it's called not because I'm being super precise. But I wanted to make that prediction. 11.1 points per game defensively given up. And I think to if we want to compound that, 40 points plus again this season uh, offensively. But uh, this is this is why I was hesitant, very hesitant, to throw out 40 plus. The rule change. The rule change is concerning me if we get over 40. But I think we can do it. I think I think you have a first year quarterback that you want to put in a variety of situations. So I think that that old school Kirby death march early in the season isn't really going to be a thing. I think that I think if you're if you're those teams we play the first four games, obviously one of them South Carolina, but if you're Ball State, if you're those guys UAB, Kirby is going to use those games as almost extended scrimmages. He's going to see, you know, can can Carson Beck you know, run a four-minute drill. Can he run a two-minute drill? Can he, can he run, you know, whatever? And then late in the game, he's going to jog in, you know, Brock Vandergriff, and he's going to give him an opportunity to run the full offense again because he needs to know that Brock Vandergriff, if by some, you know, unfortunate incident something happens to Carson Beck, you got to know that Brock Vandergriff can go in a game 
and run a four-minute drill, run a two-minute drill, do those things. I don't think the good old-fashioned turn around and hand the ball off is going to happen a ton early in the season. I mean, obviously, once you get an SEC play, um, but I, I think you could see some, some ugly, ugly scores in our three non-conference games early in the year. I mean, I think I think you could see 50-plus against UAB, Ball State, and whoever the other team is. I can't remember. But I, I think you could see Curb try to put up some – you got enough receivers that want the ball. You got enough quarterbacks that need the experience. You got all those things. I could see you sitting out there and going, we're going to score, we're going to get a little loose, and we're going to see what we kind of have at every position. Which leads me to my next Georgia Tech prediction. Georgia's margin of victory on average for the season will be over 20 points. I can't hear you, boss. Yeah, I know. I was thinking to myself. Um, I feel like that's for every game. On average, three scores, basically. I feel like. You know, that's like a six-ish. I don't know. I'm with five, you. I'm with you though. Five, I mean, I could see I could see you winning those three games all by forty plus. I could see you beating Vandy by forty five plus. Who else you got? Auburn, so basically Auburn's I would have to raise this up to like thirty points on average to make this a hotter take, right? Yeah. What, what, what would 30 look like? 30 points per average margin of victory on average over the 12 games. It would literally be you scoring your points per game and them and you holding them to their against per game every game. There's no way you can do 30. I'd have to know. I'd have to know the greatest point differential in a season in yeah. the modern era. I mean, obviously, like back in the day, people people went a little crazy. Um. Let's let's see if we do we have anything in the SEC that we want to any predictions or bold takes? What you got? Yeah, I had one. I had Jimbo doesn't make it till the end of the year. I I was thinking Jimbo too, man. I was thinking Jimbo. Um, listen, that's that's not a hot take at all to me. Um, there was talks about it right after the season last season. You know, after their season, you bring in uh, what is it, Petrino, but. I just don't see that shit clicking. I really don't. Um, I feel like Jimbo's too stubborn to let Petrino legitimately call the plays at, with all freedom. They're going to butt heads, and it's going to cause the the problems to trickle out onto the field. So that I don't, I, I don't think that's as hot as people probably should make it out to be. Um, I, I guess if we'll stay SEC. Highest highest margin of victory average for a season, fifty two point one points by Army in nineteen forty four. Oh my word! They actually had a team during the World War II. What the fuck? They scored an average. They scored an average of fifty six points per game. Oh my word! And and that means that they had like less than a four against. They, they weren't even giving up a touchdown a game. Oh shit! Georgia's got some work to do to get to that level. Holy, very impressive. Listen, I, that was also back when Juan Daniels played football. So, I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't told us about it either. Um, just seeing this, I know this isn't hot takes. Uh, looks like Georgia inside linebacker or Dogs 24/7 is reporting this. Georgia inside long, uh, inside linebacker C.J. Washington no longer included on the roster. He's the one that had the neck injury. I, I'm curious if that's the case. Yeah, I was thinking he that. is though. Correct. I think so. Sounds yeah, I mean, right. I think he. I think he's a med med DQ guy. Very well could be. I, I I know that's kind of just one of these things, but yeah, if that's the case, uh, yeah, because yeah, he's no longer on the roster after dealing with a serious head and neck injury in spring 22. So yeah, I think you're right there. So hopefully everything gets situated with him and. Best wishes to him. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm not trying to sound mean, but does that open up a scholarship that we were? I think we were one over. He was on scholarship, right? Maybe I don't remember. I, I know he was on scholarship. I don't know how that works um, as far as that goes. Yeah, 
Uh, listen, last hot take or last bold prediction, and I need everyone in the chat to agree or disagree. Rate this: the dogs three peat. Oh, that's not bold at all. I think it's going to happen. What are you, what are, what are your thoughts? Dogs three peat. What do you rate that on the boldness scale? I mean, uh, pretty high, honestly. If we're if we're being if we're being serious, like. If we're looking at it objectively, um, I mean, no one's ever three-peated before. I think maybe Minnesota. I think they said Minnesota back in the 30s. Yeah. So I just guess, like, as great as you are, as great as we have been, you saw it in the Ohio State game this year, takes a little bit of luck um, with a lot of skill to to be able to even two-peat. To to be able to three-peat, you're going to have to stay healthy. You're going to have to win some close games that you may not play your best. And I may be wrong. Maybe last year was your year that you got, you know, you had a lucky break, caught a lucky break. I think this year the nice thing is regular season, you know, you're, you're staring 11 and 1, 12 and 0 in the face pretty hard. Um, and then at yeah. that point, you you come in and you basically just have to go 2 and 0. Um, you know, you have to beat probably a good Michigan team and you have to beat maybe like an ACC or, Pac-12 team at that point, so um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I'd say it's I mean, like a, a seven or an eight, just because it's really never been done in the modern era, and yeah. again, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, listen, I think there's a serious shot that Georgia can do it, though. I think, I think Georgia has a, a legitimate shot at doing it. I know, looking at the early odds and stuff like that, you're seeing Georgia still the odds-on favorite. Fair, um, you know. Listen, Georgia and Michigan. If we're basing off spring game, keep in mind, I don't like doing this, but Georgia and Michigan look like the two best teams out of their spring games. Take it for what it's worth. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's why you should do everything in this and that, but, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but, listen, hopefully you enjoyed that. Also, make sure uh, this our show's also brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall, uh, located 10 minutes from Sanford Stadium. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go to dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall. Uh, you'll see, listen, ch- check them out, shop. Uh, mention the show in store only, 10% off your uh, order. Uh, actually, just had our uh, DGD graduation uh, sale with them. So hopefully, people were able to take advantage of that. Uh, if you have any questions about alumni hall, like I said, dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall and, and learn more about the, uh, the company there as well. Uh, Kobe, any final words on today, sir? Yeah, I was looking last year. You were at four, 41 points four and 14 points against at the end of the year, which I thought 14 points against kind of high, but I guess we had a couple. I guess Ohio State really. Well, you, well, Ohio State you really LSU with that. 30. LSU with 30. Yeah. Yeah, because regular season, we didn't give up much at all. I mean, I think Tennessee had 13. That was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, the the LSU with 30 and then 41 to uh, Ohio State over 15 games isn't really – 14 isn't bad for 15 games, really. So, so, still, though, that's a difference in 27, 27 points. So, you basically won about four touchdowns every time you played a football game last Jesus year. Christ. Jesus Christ. I'd have to make that 30 to make that more fun. Just simple as that. Listen, it might be 35 with the, with the schedule that we've got. We'll see, though. I, again, I, it'll be interesting to see how, how Georgia handles the, the new rule changes, right? Especially with us passing the ball, right? That'll speed up the clock, too, and keep the, keep the clock moving. Excuse me. So you might not necessarily see us run the ball like that. You might see us dink and dunk to start to kill a dr- or to to extend a drive or whatever. You scored. You scored seventy five touchdowns last year. Opponent scored twenty two. Holy shit! Jesus Christ, that's insane. Holy man, I, I think that's a good stat to end on. With that being said. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, obviously, thanks for the the brigade bringing in their takes uh, in in real time. I uh, hope you enjoyed the hot takes, bold predictions. Clip them if you want to, save it, whatever. I don't care. Uh, but with that being said, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Have a great day, 
and go dogs.